0: Hey guys my name is Gloria and you won't believe it but I eat money I love its taste and crunch but it was not always like this it's just that at some point I wanted to try something new in my life to be honest this turned into certain trouble for me I live in a very wealthy family my parents are big businessmen who sell cars all over the world So I have everything that any teenager can dream of and even more than that. For example, on my 13th birthday, my parents gave me a yacht on which I had a cool party and when I turned 14, I got a helicopter. And if you think that's cool, you're wrong. You see, when a person doesn't have a lot of money, they can dream and get incredible emotions from purchases. but. I can't do that. I have everything, and I no longer dream of anything. And new expensive things do not evoke any emotions in me. Lately, I have lived as if in a vacuum that was covered with gold. Everything around me was shining and sparkling, but this didn't impress me. However, one day, everything changed. Once my classmates and I were hiking but had a little trouble. The branches of the trees were wet because of the recent rain, which, by the way, hadn't been mentioned in the weather forecast. In addition, Leo even forgot to take paper, despite the fact that he was responsible for the things that were necessary for the fire. This meant that we would not be able to make it. We were already getting a bit nervous because Leo's lips were blue from cold and my hands became numb. The rest of my classmates tried to keep warm by hugging each other. We needed too much time to go back, but we were already exhausted, so we had to stay there and shiver with cold. Some of us have already begun to think that we would freeze to death there, and for some reason it was at this moment that one brilliant idea came to my mind. I completely forgot that I had several bundles of notes in my backpack. I took them out, calmly set them on fire, and then put more or less dry branches on them. This was how we got fire. The guys didn't cry as much from the horror stories that we told each other on the way as from me burning the money. They were really upset seeing this, while I actually felt some kind of pleasure. I loved seeing shocked faces around me, and it evoked emotions in me. I decided not to stop there. So when I got home, I ordered the housekeeper to light the fireplace. And when the flame was blazing in it, I was throwing green bills there. I enjoyed watching the fire consuming them, because at that moment, I felt almost like the lord of the world who could afford anything. However, I quickly got tired of it, and again I found myself in a void. But I did not want to be there so much that I decided to do another crazy thing. I smashed my car which cost several million with a bat and after that I cut many of my branded clothes with scissors but the problem is that I still do not feel joy and happiness at all and then one evening while suffering from idleness I was watching a YouTube video of a girl eating a hundred dollar bill at that moment I thought that she was crazy but a little later This idea seemed very tempting to me. I took a $10 bill, tore it in half, and ate it. Well, you won't believe it, but I even liked the taste of money. Also, the note crunched so cool on my teeth. And since then, I ate several bills every day. Once I came up with the idea of making a salad out of money and adding garlic sauce to it. (laughs) That was yummy. But then I wanted to show everyone how cool I was. Right at school, I made myself a sandwich with $100 bills and ate it in front of my classmates, licking my fingers. They were shocked and asked why I was doing this. I replied that I liked the taste of money and then suggested that they try the wonderful sandwich too. Leo said that I was nuts and I was doing some kind of bullshit. Because of my antics, I lost a friend, who, for some reason, didn't want to talk to me. He began to ignore me, and it seemed silly to me because I did not judge him for eating a lot of burgers. However, Leo's ignoring did not stop me, and every day I continued to eat money in the school cafeteria. The guys told me that I was crazy while I found their reaction funny, and then I decided to go to a new level. After coming to the park, I sat down on a bench, took out my wallet, and started eating money. I also made a thick straw out of bills and began drinking a milkshake. Some people were looking back at me, while others were making comments, and one guy even took my wallet with money and ran away with it. I just laughed at it, because it was already empty. Then some old lady sat down next to me, and after looking at what I was doing, she condemned me and said that I did not value anything in this life. I didn't want to listen to the moral teachings on how I should behave, so I decided to visit my favorite cafe to get a coffee and cheesecake. But this turned out to be a real disaster for me, because I was badly poisoned, and in the evening, called an ambulance to be taken to the hospital. While I was lying in the ward after the stomach wash and waiting for my test results, I published an angry review on the page of that café, mentioning that one could easily get poisoned there. However, when the doctor entered the room, he said that the printing ink caused my poisoning. He asked what I had eaten on that day, and I told him everything, emphasizing on the coffee and cheesecake. But the doctor said that my addiction to banknotes, which were soaked in a very dangerous and toxic paint, was to blame. He added that if I had continued to do the same thing, I would have died of poisoning very soon. I immediately deleted the review from the restaurant page and thought that I would again have to look for some crazy way to evoke emotions in myself. And I will also have to say goodbye to the wonderful taste of money. This made me really upset. And because of negative thoughts, I could no longer stay in bed. I decided to take a short walk down the hospital corridor and call my parents. They were abroad at that moment, but promised to send a driver with a package of normal food. And when I was waiting for it, I noticed a girl not far from me who was sitting on a chair and reading a book. I was very bored and decided to chat with her. Her name was Dina, and she also got to the hospital because of poisoning. We got into a conversation, And I thought that Dina was a very interesting girl who was wise beyond her years. When I was handed a whole bag of groceries, I was very happy. And then I noticed with what desire Dina looked at it. I asked if she had anything to eat besides hospital food. And she said that her parents didn't have the money to buy that much food. It turned out that Dina was from a poor family where all the attention was devoted to her disabled younger brother. He needed care and expensive medicines, which consumed most of the family budget. Dina said that she was not mad at her parents because they were trying to help him. Her story moved me, so I gave her my entire package. I also felt terribly ashamed. For a long time, I did not know what to do with money, and because of that, I started eating it. While many people cannot afford even basic food, what a blind idiot I was. Before my discharge, I handed Dina a check for $100,000 to make it easier for her family to support the children. She refused it at first, but I still convinced her to accept the check. And then I decided to help other children and families. That's why I gave all my pocket money to charity funds, so that there would be more and more happy and healthy people in this world every day. Why haven't I thought about this before? It's so great to help others. While being engaged in charity work, I finally began to experience vivid emotions, which were in fact only positive. It was much cooler than burning and eating money because they made me feel relevant and useful. If you had as much money as I do, what would you do with it? Give your answers in the comments. Don't forget to click on the thumbs up button below the video and be sure to share it with your friends. Bye-bye! It's very easy to go from a model daughter to a trader to your own family.
1: Especially if you're offered crazy money for it. Hi, my name is Lizzie, and I became incredibly rich in the blink of an eye. My story began when I was six years old. I remember waking up in the middle of the night because of a noise. It came out of the room and I saw that the lights on the first floor were on. As I got closer to the stairs, I noticed Dad. He held the flashlight in one hand and opened the basement door with the other. Finally, the lock gave way. Dad went inside and closed the door. I wondered what he was doing there at night. I went down the stairs, and she had already gone to the door and was about to grab the handle to turn it. But at that very moment, the door creaked open, and Dad appeared in front of me. He asked irritably, Liz, what are you doing here? I wonder where you went. Oh, It's a big secret. Shhh. Then he took me in his arms. Now it's time for bed. He carried me to my bedroom. I looked at the secret room and wondered what he was hiding there. 12 years had passed since then, and I'd forgotten all about the secret room in the basement. We lived like a normal family. We didn't eat caviar for breakfast, but we didn't eat leftovers either. I, like all high school students who were about to graduate, thought about going to university. That wasn't the case with my twin brother. Tommy had already failed all his exams and might not even dream of getting in. I woke up that day and immediately went down to the kitchen. There, my parents and my brother were already waiting for me and a birthday cake with 18 candles. Yes, it was my and Tommy's birthday. We blew out the candles together. Dad raised his glass and then turned to Tommy. You're 18 now, son. So today, I'm going to tell you our family secret. That's when I couldn't stand it and intervened. What about me? I wanna know what you keep in that basement too. Dad's face changed. Unfortunately, no, baby. This secret is passed from father to son. My father told it to me and his father told it to him and my father's father told it to his father and my father's father's father. I got it. I interrupted him. Everyone looked at me with surprise. My father took my hand and said sympathetically, It was the will of my ancestors. Then he and his brother left. The ancestors willed it? What's that supposed to mean anyway? My mother, seeing the anger and indignation on my face said, I was angry at first too, but then realized that family harmony was more important to me and I put it out of my mind. But I want to know. So unfair. I grabbed my backpack and went out for a walk. On my way to the park, I saw a store that sold paint. That's when I had a genius idea! I knew that Daddy and Tommy were going down to the basement that night. So I hid behind the wall, late that night, waiting for them. Soon I heard their cautious footsteps. Dad came to the door and started typing in the password, poking the buttons. Yes, he had replaced the regular lock with a keypad a few years ago. The door beeped softly and opened. Tommy and Dad disappeared into the basement. The door closed behind them. I went to the code lock. I took a small flashlight out of my pocket and it shined on the panel. It was no ordinary flashlight, but an ultraviolet one. It was the only way to see the colorless fluorescent paint with which I had pre-treated the buttons of the code lock. In the beam of the flashlight, I saw the numbers where my father had pressed no longer had paint on them. By simple calculation, I realized that the password was the date of the wedding with my mother. It was both cute and naive. I entered the password and voila, the door opened. I stepped inside, walking slowly down the stairs. Downstairs, the voices of my father and brother rang out. I hurried to hide behind the pile of bags. Dad turned on the presentation and started showing slide after slide. The slide showed a picture of a knight with his body covering a king from an arrow. Dad said loudly, And so, After saving King Richard from the arrow, the Brave Knight was awarded the nickname Brave. Tommy wondered, wait, but our last name is Brave. So he's? Exactly, that's our ancestor, Sir Charles Brave. Dad walked over to some ancient chest and opened the lid. Then with a deft movement, he drew from it a sword and raised it above his head like a he-man. This beautiful sword was made of pure gold. It literally sparkled, illuminating the whole room. And now, according to his covenant, I give you this sword to keep. And then? Then you will give it to your son when he turns 18. Tommy carefully took the sword and gently stroked the blade. After admiring it, his brother put it in the chest. Dad and Tommy headed for the exit. After waiting a few more minutes, I left the basement too. Now that I know the secret, I could sleep soundly. The next day, when I barely opened my eyes, I saw Tommy in my room. He said with a sneer, You know what I found out yesterday? That you're using your brain at 2%? Laugh it up, laugh it up. But you can't learn the family secret. It's for men only. I threw a pillow at him. Get out of my room! His mockery was just the beginning. He'd been telling me all day about this super secret that I didn't deserve to know. I was sick of it, so I decided to punish my brother. At night, I went down to the basement. I opened the drawer, wrapped the sword in a towel, and took it to my room. I thought I'd hide it for a few days and see how Tommy reacts. I looked at the sword. It was gorgeous! I wonder how much something like that could cost. I tried to find something similar on the internet, but to no avail. Before I knew it, I was asleep with the sword in my arms. In the morning, I pretended to be sick and stayed in my room. After waiting for everyone to leave, I wrapped the sword again and went to the nearest pawn shop. Behind the counter stood an elderly man, the owner of the pawn shop. What do you want? He asked. I unfolded the towel, showing him the relic. How much could it be worth? Like this? The man began to stammer. He pulled himself together and answered. It costs $15,000. I can buy it right now. It's strange, but on the internet, I saw the price of $30 million. I said that amount at random, but the man bit his lip. I'm willing to give you $20 million. I almost fainted when I heard that. I'd have enough to pay my way through college. My parents would buy me a bigger house and car, and I'll buy Tommy a soccer ball. He's been wanting one for a long time. I was dreaming so much, I didn't notice the pawn shop owner came back with a full bag of money and some papers. He pointed his finger at the contract and said, Sign here. Keep in mind that the deal is not retroactive. Eh? You can't get the sword back. I honestly didn't know what I was doing. The money turned my head. As if in a dream, I signed right across from the pawn owner's signature. And then I watched, mesmerized, as the machine counted my millions. 1,100,000. 1,200,000. I don't even remember how I got home with the money. It's as if I wasn't doing it at all, but someone was controlling me. I only woke up in front of the bathroom mirror. I stared at my reflection for a long time. Tears crawled down my cheeks. What had I done? Daddy and Tommy are gonna kill me. I have to get the sword back somehow. Then my cell phone rang. Elizabeth Brave, it's the admissions office from the university. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. If you wanna study with us, you need to make a down payment of $30,000 within three days. I answered in an uncertain voice. I will transfer the whole amount today. I hung up the phone and immediately dove under the bed where I hid the money. I took out my bag and started counting out the necessary amount. Suddenly, the door creaked open. I turned around and saw the frozen figure of my brother. Where'd you get so much money? He asked. I told you to knock. Tommy stood still for a few seconds. Then he cried out sharply, Oh no! Tommy ran downstairs to the basement. I raked the money into my backpack without counting and ran out of the house. I ran until I saw the bank door. When I got inside, I ran up to the teller and emptied everything out of my backpack. I want to transfer the entire amount to the university account. I asked the teller to hurry up. But as luck would have it, I was caught by the slowest employee. As soon as the transaction was successfully completed, a car came to a halt under the window. My father burst into the bank. He jabbed his finger at me and shouted, Elizabeth Brave, get in the car immediately!" I obeyed his order. I obediently got in the car. There was Tommy sitting there, his eyes blank. Tommy had failed my father, and I had failed the whole family. I thought my father would scold me on the way home. But the ride was completely silent, which made it all the more frightening. We stopped at the house. When I went inside, I saw my mother. There was a bag of money on the table in front of her. How could you? She whispered, bursting into tears. Dad and Tommy were asking me the same thing. They told me the story of the brave knight and how that sword had been guarded by generations of braves. I was scolded and I knew I was wrong. I roared at the impossibility of making it right. Suddenly, a loud knock on the door interrupted my father's monologue about the family heirloom. Dad went to the door and opened it. Standing on the doorstep was the very owner of the pawn shop. Behind him were two policemen. Suddenly, the man drew the sword he was hiding behind his back, pointed at me and shouted, You cheat! She was the one who stole from me! Arrest her! My whole family went into a stupor, waiting for the situation to develop. I shouted back, I didn't cheat! It was an honest transaction! Fair, You sold me a fake. Look at the sword. Papa snatched the sword from the man's hands. The sword was no longer golden and gleaming. It was the dark copper color. The man said, This sword is fake. Covered in gold. It can't be. My father gave it to me. Daddy exclaimed. I made inquiries. It was your father who sold it. Dad fell to his knees, dropping the sword from his hands. All my life I've kept a fake. He whispered. I want my money back or I'll put everybody in jail. One of the policemen came toward me. He was holding handcuffs in his hands, getting ready to fasten them on me. I shouted, Stop! He examined the goods and signed the contract, which is not retroactive. I handed the sheet to the policeman. He read the contract carefully, then showed it to the man and asked, Sir, is this your signature at the bottom? Yes, but it doesn't change anything. I ask you to leave the property, sir. You're breaking the law. What? No, you don't understand. The man shouted. He wanted to grab the bag, but the police officers immediately detained him. They handcuffed him and escorted him out of our house. One of the police officers said to my daddy one last time. Sir, you have to register the income and pay the tax. Yes, yes, of course, said my distraught father. Dad sat down on the couch and stared at the money on the table. Clutching his head, he tried to rethink his whole life. There was a dead silence in the room. I think I got into university, I said smiling awkwardly. Everyone looked at me in surprise. That's the story. By the way, in a couple of days, Dad recovered from his shock and soon will move to a new house. I also convinced my father to go with my mother to the islands. He could use a break. Does your family have any secrets? Write in the comments if you've managed to find out any family secrets. Rate your likes and subscribe to the channel. Hi, my name is Agatha, and I want to tell you the story of how my father tried to get me into the military academy. But before I start, please subscribe to the channel and like my videos. It all started on that day, when Rob and I were playing Mario Kart at my house. As it always happens, we completely forgot about time. What time is it? I asked worriedly. Two o'clock, why? Oh, crap, you have to go now. We had, by my count, about 10 minutes. Unless, of course, Dad decided to stop at the store to get his favorite muffins. Before we could get our heads together, we heard the front door creak. Honey, I'm home. There was a look of horror on my face. Rob didn't understand anything and was about to say something. But I put my index finger to his lips. Hey! I yelled back at my dad. You're early today. I heard him turn on the TV. I whispered, leave, but be quiet. What happened? Rob also asked in a whisper. My dad hates all my boyfriends. He's also a retired officer and has guns. The kid got worried. All your boyfriends? How many of them did you have? If you're so interested, not many. You'd better worry about my dad not making a sieve out of you. He's got a real temper. Okay. Rob reluctantly agreed. I left the room and quickly made my way down the stairs. I walked up to my dad and put my arm around his shoulders. How was school? He asked, not looking away from the screen. Rob, meanwhile, was still upstairs. What an idiot! To give the boy a sign, I said loudly, Okay, just hope someone comes downstairs. What? Dad turned around and stared at me like I was crazy. I mean... The exams! I should study more! Oh, that's right. I turned my head and saw Rob walking slowly down the stairs. Can you go any slower? I thought to myself. My father was about to turn to me, but I exclaimed in time. What a kick! Nothing special. They're playing like a bunch of monkeys today. There was a rumbling sound behind me. Rob stumbled and tumbled down the stairs. I screamed. My father jumped up from his chair and quickly grabbed the bat that was always in the corner of the room. That's when Rob got really scared and realized he had to get out of the room as quickly as possible. He jumped up from the floor and ran out of the house. Dad rushed after him. Stop, you miserable thief! I, not wanting to be the reason Rob ends up in the hospital, yelled out to my father. Wait, he's not a thief! It's Rob! Dad stopped and looked at me. Even though he was silent, I knew exactly what he was thinking. That night, I got to hear it all. I told you not to bring guys here. In fact, you're not allowed to have a boyfriend. They stick to you like flies. It's not good. And all that kind of stuff. Then dad added, If I ever see you with a boy again, I'll send you to military school. What? I was really surprised, to put it mildly. Yeah, you're a loose cannon. You need discipline, and I think I've been too easy on you. But that's ridiculous. Mom wouldn't let that happen. You leave your mother out of this. Dad went back to the TV. I slammed the door and hid in my room. That's just great! I complained loudly. Now I feel like I'm in prison! I needed someone to talk to right away, so I texted Sam. SOS! Help me out!" A minute later, I got a reply. What's up? I'm on a date! That's amazing! I exclaimed. There are dates and boys all around me and I need to stay away from it. It was real torture. The next day at school, I grabbed Sam's hand and took her to the bathroom. Ow! That hurt! My friend was angry, but she obediently followed me. When we went to the bathroom, I checked to see if anyone was in there. It was empty. Then I said, actually, I needed your help yesterday. I wanted to respond, but Kevin, I don't want to hear anything. My life is a nightmare. What's wrong? Nothing, except that yesterday, my dad almost beat Rob with a bat. He also told me not to go out with boys or he'll send me to the military academy. Wow. Yeah, that's right. I can't give up boys, but I'm not much of a soldier either. They'll cut my hair off. I can't handle that. What are you gonna do? Actually, I wanted to ask you. I needed some good advice. Sam thought for a few minutes and then she exclaimed, Bingo, I've got it. Sam's plan was pretty simple. I needed to bring back my musical past. I used to play the piano and now I need to pretend to give lessons. Instead, I would be able to go on dates without causing much suspicion from my father. Not bad, except I'm not that good at piano you don't have to play just say you were asked to help my father fell for my story when i told him about my plans it's a good idea he said in his usual mentor voice maybe you should keep practicing because you quit so abruptly and you might make a little extra money it's a start i was very happy now it was necessary to make a schedule and assign a specific time to each guy adam would take wednesday after four that's about the time he gets off practice And we could go to the movies. I scheduled Andrew for Friday, 5 o'clock. He promised to take me bowling. And even though I couldn't play, it should be fun. That leaves Liam. I saved Sunday for him. My only day off. We don't do anything special with Liam. Just hang around town or sit in front of a store and make up funny nicknames for people. Usually the lesson lasted an hour, but I told my dad that I managed to get the slowest students together. And they needed more time so I could stay for like three hours. I mean, have you ever seen a movie that lasts an hour? And then there's travel time and hugging. I'd have to multitask. Now it's time to tell you how it was put into practice and what happened in the end. On Wednesday, I prepared in advance. I gathered all my old music notebooks and came up with a cover-up story. What do you have today? My father asked me as I came down the stairs, carrying my music books under my arm and trying to cram them into my backpack as I passed him. There's a girl from China. They just arrived, and her mother wants her to take some music lessons. Hmm, well, good luck with that. I kissed my dad on the forehead and went over to Kim's. I mean, to Adam. We were supposed to meet at the box office in the movie theater. I had to carry my backpack everywhere, but it wasn't such a high price to pay for trying to somehow avoid military school and another fight with my dad. The no dating option seemed absurd to me, and I didn't even consider it. We only live once, you know. I was a little late. Adam muttered something to himself, but I safely ignored his frustration. A respectable girl is never on time. Who told you that? I read it somewhere. The movie was lousy. Adam kept trying to make jokes, and he wasn't very good at it. We kept getting shushed and we were asked to behave. About halfway through the movie, I said I had to go out for a minute." -"Okay," Adam said. I walked out of the theater and went home. The next day, Sam asked, -"How was it?" -"It could have been worse. We could have been forced out of there." -"Okay, first time didn't go very well. On Friday, Andrew and I went bowling." Of course, to my father, Andrew wasn't an Andrew. And Pauline was another lost soul who wanted to learn how to play Mozart and Beethoven. Bowling turned out to be even worse than the movies. I couldn't do it at all, which made me angry. And Andrew kept saying, I don't understand, it's so easy. You pick it up and drop it. He decided to show me how to do it and got a strike. See, it's easy. Well, if that's the case, we're not going to make it. I hate bowling in general. It's an old man's game. I took my backpack and ran. I was getting desperate. There was still Liam, but he and I were more like friends. All our communication was limited to trolling random passersby. But on Saturday, the day before we were supposed to meet, the guy texted. I have an idea. It's a surprise. I was in anticipation of either a grandiose disaster or something really interesting. Turns out, Liam had bought two tickets to the Dolphinarium. I didn't know we had such a place. I was surprised. Yeah, we have a lot of interesting places in town. The show was amazing. The dolphins did all kinds of tricks. Jumped through hoops, juggled balls. It was much more interesting than that dull drama that Adam took me to. And bowling? Andrew's stupid initiative. I didn't notice how or when, but Liam took my hand. I looked at him and blushed slightly. That day confirmed one fundamental truth. Sooner or later, quantity converts to quality. All I had to do was survive two disappointing dates. But even now, we couldn't resist and began to observe people in the crowd and make up amusing stories about them. Look! I pointed to a man in tight white pants with lush hair. Former jockey. Yeah, got hurt when he fell off a horse. Lives with his mother now. And goes shopping in his old minivan. That was a good one, so it was Liam's turn. Over there, see? He's like, he's got a menacing face, like he's ready to pounce. And that's when I saw my father. He was looking right at us, and he didn't look happy. It's time to get out of here. On the way, I explained to Liam what happened. Weird, he summed up. Yeah, I'm afraid to imagine what's waiting for me at home. But I couldn't figure it out, what my father was doing at the Dolphinarium. I expected anything, shouting, accusations of lies, threats, but when I entered the house, my father didn't say a word. The next day, he calmly announced that he had submitted my papers to military school. My worst nightmare was coming true. No amount of tears or persuasion had any effect on dad. I locked myself in my room and didn't want to leave. Suddenly, out of the blue, someone came to the rescue. Liam texted me. Look, I think I have a solution to your problem. I sneaked out of the house and went to the place Liam had picked. He, without any greeting, said, It's a strange coincidence. I never told you about my father, but he's the director of the military school. The one where your dad wants to send you. A glimmer of hope. I spoke to him and he said he would help you. How? I don't know. But don't worry, my father will think of something. A week later, a letter came from the academy, and much to my delight, I got a rejection. My father was shocked. He even wanted to fight with the management, but after a while, he cooled off. I told him more about Liam, I explained that it wasn't a fling, and my dad decided he'd give us a chance. So I didn't get into the military academy. That's a good thing. I would have been the worst student in the history of the institution. Have you ever been able to get out of a bad
0: situation? Tell me about it in the comments. Mrs. Dunn, I can't let you in. The head of the mansion's security said sternly, blocking my way to the helipad. He used to be good to me. That's right, I'm Mrs. Dunn. It's my house too. Get out of my way or I'll fire you. I didn't even think I could be so bossy. Your husband said that you are deprived of your right to property. It is true, temporarily. This square Cretan coldly rapped out and smiled disgustingly. You want to know why it all turned against me? Well, okay, my name is April, and this is the story of how I married the ugliest but richest guy for his money. I freaked out and went to the garage where my faithful personal driver was always waiting for me. But the driver refused to drive me too. He just looked at me in disappointment and said that after what I'd done, he wouldn't even let me get in the car. But we're friends, help me. I pounded my fists desperately on the limo glass. Mr. Dunn is my friend too. I never imagined that you could hurt his heart so much. The driver shook his head and turned away. Well, I don't care, I'll take a cab myself. While I was hailing a cab, it started pouring rain, and they wouldn't even let me under the roof. Everyone in the mansion hated me. Although having lived in poverty for a long time, I imagined life in the mansion as something fabulous. You think this is going to be a story about a poor gray mouse that no one noticed? No, it wasn't quite like that. That's the thing, I've always been beautiful. I didn't have any money for makeup, but even without it, guys liked me. In fact, it was for my natural beauty that they valued me, but our life is not a love affair. Beauty doesn't matter to many people if you don't have a scent. First of all, my terrible worn clothes ruined everything. Even the guys who liked me didn't dare go out with me because they just get laughed at. Secondly, my mother worked as a janitor at school and was strict with everyone. She was always trying to protect me. But it didn't help because I was an outcast for the rest of high school. I had a hard time getting into college It was there that I finally began to feel like a normal person. The students didn't pay as much attention to my status. I realized this when all of us, poor and rich alike, gathered for a student initiation ceremony. There were several hundred of us in the gym. Everyone was having fun. And then paint came pouring down from the ceiling. It was really cool. Then the senior men handed out water pistols. We poured water on each other. And student life would have been fine if I hadn't, out of habit, avoided people. I had only one friend, Ellie. I was blowing guys off because I was ashamed of myself. But then there he was, my future husband. There was a rumor going around college that Dylan Dunn was going to appear in person at the session. All the girls were excited, and some of them even changed their looks to get attention. Ha! Dylan Dunn. Is that shirt for Dee, Dee That is so ridiculous. I was amused by his first and last name. But Ellie didn't share my humor. This is the son of Alan Dunn himself. Someday his designs will eclipse the glory of Apple. So that's what this is about? Is it all about the money? I didn't even try to hide my disappointment. He is a millionaire and he must be so handsome that our athletes can't compare to him. No one has ever seen him before. Indeed, Dylan was not on any social network, the mysterious millionaire, and there were a lot of rumors flying around about him. Some of the girls even suggested that Dylan and his family were mysterious vampires with unimaginable wealth, like in Twilight. But the guys were only leaning towards one theory, that Dylan Dunn was just a rich jerk. And then, the day X came. Dylan arrived at the college in a fancy limousine. Everyone was shocked. The limo door swung open all by itself. The girls gathered around in anticipation to see how the handsome man would step outside and the sun would sparkle on his cold, pale skin. All these dreams were shattered by amicable laughter and whistling. Out of the limousine came a guy as ridiculous as possible. Nickname Dee Dee suited him perfectly. He was unnaturally thin with long, bleached hair. Instead of a classy, stylish suit, He wore stretched, shapeless clothes. On the first day, Dylan was named the ugliest guy in the entire college. But you know what surprised me the most? The girls still ran after him. I don't get it. It's about the money again. I was pacing around my friend's room, fiddling with a pillow. People don't care about your looks as long as you have money. Ellie calmly watched how the contents of her pillow were flying all over the room. And you think that's normal? I hate greedy people. April, relax. My friend even stood up. Why does that worry you so much? Because I've never held more than a thousand bucks in my life, I've never had any money, and greenbacks ruined my life in high school. Everybody's so obsessed with it, they forget about humanity. And then I noticed that my friend's entire room was like covered in snow. I destroyed all the pillows. The worst part was realizing that secretly, I wanted to be rich too. I told Ellie one thing, and in my head, I kept thinking about the fact that I wanted, for once, to feel what it was like to be rich. And soon, I had a chance to find out. In front of a pair, Ellie caught me in the hallway and took me aside. Dylan likes you! Her eyes lit up with excitement. Why would you think that? He looks at you in that way, and half the girls in college want to kill you for it. That's ridiculous. I turned away and suddenly bumped into Dylan. The weirdo stared at me without blinking. And then he held out his skinny hand and smiled. Oh no, or, oh yes, what should I do? My head simply shut off at this moment. It's not just a guy, it's a millionaire. If I reciprocate, then all my troubles will disappear on their own. I would have money. On the other hand, I didn't want to stoop to those who chase guys for money. And Deedee, Dee, though a ridiculous freak, is still a human being. I couldn't do that to him. And you already know that I couldn't resist the temptation for long. It all started with gifts. Dylan didn't dare give them to me personally, he'd toss them to me, or give them to me through the guards. And he himself watched me closely from a distance. At first I just ignored the gifts, and then I started giving them back. Dylan. Don't waste your money and my nerves. I don't want anything from you. I'm sorry, but you are not my type. I returned the unlimited membership to the best spa center in town that he'd given me. Dylan said money was such a small thing. The most important thing is a person's soul. And then he added that he could see he wasn't my type. But he didn't understand that, because other girls are not repulsed by his looks at all. I had to tell him the truth. And I told him honestly that for a purse full of millions, they are ready for many things. I know, he answered with a smile. That's why I like you. Accept my gift. It's from the bottom of my heart. You barely know me. Why all this? Dylan said that I was the only one and that he really liked me. Me? Oh, look, what a beautiful bird! I shouted and ran away like a complete fool while he was looking in the direction I had pointed. My head was filled with all kinds of thoughts. I didn't like Dylan at all, but he liked me. What's more, he is willing to shower me with money just for talking to him. And that's when my head exploded. I started talking to Dylan. And then I started pretending that I liked him. And the more I pretended, the more generous he was. It's true, I had to transfer to distance learning. It became dangerous to be in college. Dylan's admirers gave me hell. Of course they thought it was because I was beautiful, so the main blow fell on my appearance. They pelted me with all sorts of nasty stuff and ruined my clothes, but the most cringeworthy part was ahead. They grabbed me and put a lot of self-tanner on me, and one of them took out a hair clipper and shaved me bald. I ended up being a bald bronze statue. But Dylan didn't turn his back on me and started spending even more money on me. And then we flew to Paris, and he proposed to me, right at the top of the Eiffel Tower. I couldn't refuse. It wasn't out of love. But I tried to kid myself that getting married would make him happy and me rich. Everyone will remain on the plus side. Ellie didn't approve of my position. That is so low. I don't believe you will do that. You're the one who disapproved of the pursuit of wealth, and now you're one of those dolls? She didn't even look at me, turned her back to the window. And then she continued, You're taking advantage of him. I can't believe my friend has turned into such a monster. And we had a fight. She didn't even come to my fancy wedding. Now I was fabulously rich, but that didn't make me any happier. Money didn't warm my soul. And the longer I lived in Dylan's mansion the worse I felt. Everyone here adored my husband for his kindness. Already at the age of 19, he was contributing huge sums to charity. What's more, as it turned out, he used to be handsome. Dylan ruined his own looks to show everyone that beauty is not the main thing. And he loved me very much. Everyone at the mansion respected and appreciated me, but no one knew what a snake I really was. The situation worsened when I realized I was falling in love with my husband. That's wonderful, you'll say. No, it's a total fiasco, I will answer. At least I used to be able to lie and play my part. But the warmer I felt about him, the harder it was to deal with my conscience. I wish I'd told him the truth right away, but I didn't. I don't know how he found out, but maybe Ellie did. Dee Dee drove away, and I was left in a mansion with people who hated me. That's why I was waiting for a cab in the pouring rain. I knew where Dylan was going. That's why I followed him, to tell him how I felt. Dylan, I love you for real. I couldn't hold back my tears and I hugged him, but he pulled away. Why should I believe you? You're such a good liar. Dylan, I'm ready to lose all the money. I'm ready to go back to that trailer where I spent my entire childhood, as long as you forgive me and believe in my feelings. You don't have to give me a dime for the rest of my life, but I want to be with you. This conversation went on for a long time, and Dylan said he'd give me another chance, but now everyone would be watching me closely. I paid the price for my greed by losing people's trust, lost a friend, and almost lost my husband. There's only one conclusion to be drawn. Greed ruins lives, turning people into animals. Have you ever succumbed to greed? Share your stories in the comments. Like this video and send it to your friends.